Praise the Lord. Oh, it's good to see people praising the Lord, receiving from the Spirit of the Lord. It's so good to see that. It warms the Lord's heart, and I just see it, and I go, oh, how beautiful it is to see people really giving their hearts to the Lord. Amen? Because when you give your heart to the Lord, He does things for you. He moves His hand according to your heart. And as you reach His heart, He does things for you that you couldn't do your own self. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Just receive, receive today right now from Him His love for you because He loves you with an everlasting love. Hard to believe sometimes that He would love us, but He does. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, your spirit, your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you know, you know all things. You know what we need. You hear our prayers, and you're there to answer and work in our behalf. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we had an electrician come in and hook up a new wire for the, the screen back here. Doesn't it look nice? Real clear? And so I said to him, I said, Cruz, do you, do you feel anything in the sanctuary here? He goes, yeah, it's the peace of God. He said, every time I come in here, I feel the peace of God. And I go, praise the Lord, amen? And, and we weren't even here praising God. The Lord, Holy Spirit lives here yeah, during the week, you know. Sometimes you have to go to places where they have, you know, uh, parties and balls and things like that, and you got to shoo out that spirit and bring in the Holy Spirit. But he just stays here and waits for us to get here, Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about today, part two, the next season of your life. Wouldn't you like to know the next season of your life? Wouldn't you like to know what's coming up? Preview attractions, amen? (laughs) God already knows. He already has a book written about you, all the things that you're supposed to do. We have to just discover it and cause it to happen. And we have control over that. Did you know that? You can control your destiny. You can control your next season, or you can just sit back and take whatever comes, uh, case, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. That's no. no, not good, is it? No. Well, let's pray. So I speak the oracles of God, not my own thinking. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come together today, we ask for your Holy Spirit just to guide and direct our thoughts and our hearts towards you. I ask you to uh, guide my mouth to speak your words in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah, we can determine the next season of our lives. Do, do you believe that? Yes. Do, do you believe that up there? Amen? Sometimes we're waiting on God, and God is waiting on us. <laughs> can you move, and then I'll move, praise God. So, but we have to have an earnest desire to see the will of God work in our lives. We have to desire. We have to press in. We have to apprehend what God has for us. Can you believe, do you believe that? We have to position ourselves to receive from him. And it's our, our ability to receive from him that makes all things possible. Now, I'm going to show you two instances in the Bible where we see people actually advance the season and the times of the Lord because of their faith. Are you ready to see that? Not that exciting right there. I mean, you know, come on. I, I, would, li- I, I would like to see that where somebody's faith changes the direction and the timing of the Lord. Well, let's look at it. The first one is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Let's look at it in John 2, 1 through 4. You ready for this? It says, On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Interesting, isn't it? 
They invited Jesus, the preacher, to come to the wedding. What does that mean? That means Jesus knew how to have a good time. He knew how to celebrate. Amen? A marriage. They didn't say, no, don't, don't invite Jesus. No, he's going to be preaching. And, you know, he's just a stick in the mud. You know, every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you, party pooper. No, he was not. But also, they invited the smelly fisherman disciples to come as well. I think they cleaned up for the act, don't you think? They? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Praise God. I'm just trying to make it real. Okay. <laughs> and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they got no more wine. And, and, and she was whining. <laughs> because it was an insult to not have enough wine to take care of the wedding party, either because of lack of planning or a lack of funding, whatever. It was a stigma that would be carried on throughout their whole life because that was a big event to get married. You, you only live 30, 35 years, and so, you know, when you get married, that's a big deal, and they had a big party. It would be like for two to seven days they would have a party. Now, the wine in those days was not like the wine we have here. It's not like Boone's Farm, apple wine, and all those that knew about that. Anyway, it was a watered down, like three times watered down, but we have. It was just kind of like a taste thing, but they, didn't ha they ran out of wine. So Mary went to Jesus and said, they have no wine. And here's what he said. You ready for this? He said to her, woman, and, and that's not a derogatory term. Some, some uh, translations translate that dear woman. You know, it was, it was an affectionate term. Dear woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour, my time, my season has not yet come. Now, don't you know Jesus knows when his time and his season is? He's in contact with the Father. He's at the wedding. He's chilling. He's not, having, he's not trying to do anything. He's not witnessing. He's just observing the wedding. And Mary says they don't have any wine. He said, what does that got to do with me? I'm just here. I'm, I'm not even, you know, I'm not doing the miracles yet. And so what did Mary say? You would think Mary would say, now look it. Have I done enough for you? <laughs> Why is it you can't do this one little thing for me? Right? Or she could have said, well, if it's not his time, I don't know what we're going to do. I, I guess it's, if it's not his time, there's nothing we can do. No, what did she say? Let me see what she said. Whatever he says to you, do it. In other words, she ignored his, what he was saying, and she said, listen, whatever he tells you to do, do it. What was she, what was she doing? She was having faith to believe the goodness of God and the compassion of Jesus was going to change the time and the season. She was going to advance what he was already prescribed to do and make it happen before it was even supposed to happen. Can you believe that? Can you do that yourself? You know, there's times when, you know, you need God to move for healing. You need God to move in, in a certain provision. And you have to call out to God and say, God, I, I need you to work now. <laughs> I can't wait to another time. I need it now. Praise the Lord. So she was believing for the goodness of the Lord. And she prayed, and Jesus prayed, and she advanced the time of his coming out because of the faith. Now, this is very powerful. It wasn't because Mary was the mother of Jesus, because she didn't use that as a, as a criteria. She just said, 
by faith, I'm believing that you're going to do something good. Because in another place, remember, Jesus was preaching, and the mother and the brother of Jesus were outside. They said, tell Jesus we want to talk to him. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm preaching the word right here. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? They that hear the word of God and adhere to it. So it wasn't a a relationship thing. It was a faith thing. So uh, are you ready for the next season? Are you ready to advance, go into the future and find out what God has for you and bring it into the present? Isn't that good news? We have the ability to do that. If that didn't convince you, we got another story. You ready for another story? Bring it, okay. Uh, this is in, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 6. Jesus was gathering his disciples. He was giving them instructions. And here, here's what he said. These 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying. He did what? Command, what does command mean? When you tell your son or your daughter, this is what I'm telling you. <laughs> this is a command. Don't eat those cookies, okay? Don't, don't whatever the command is. And what do they do? They just sneak in there, try to get me a little cookie. <laughs> just kind of arrange them like I didn't take a cookie. <laughs> okay. Uh, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. That's pretty definite, isn't it? So don't, 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 don't go to the Gentiles. Why? Because the Bible says to the, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. Jesus was only ministering to the Jewish people at this time, not the Gentiles. It wasn't his time. It wasn't his season, right? He told his disciples, whatever you do, don't do that. Don't go to the, uh, don't go to the Gentiles. Uh, so, but then five chapters later, in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon, which is a Gentile nation. He said, don't go to the Gentile nation, but he's there, the Gentile nation, right? And the Canaanites, they were, used to be enemies of the Jewish people. They used to persecute them. And, and so there's a woman uh, of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. I mean, she was pouring it on, wasn't she? Have mercy. God is a merciful God. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, Lord of my life, Lord of heaven and earth, Lord over all. That, he, he, building him up, right? He says, a son of David, meaning that's the lineage of David where the Messiah was going to come. She was saying everything, all the titles that he is. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's, he's, a, he's a Lord over all. He's son of David. All pretty good terms. But he answered her what? You can't read it, huh? He answered her, not a word. What do you mean? Jesus? Pastor Jesus? The compassionate one? If people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor, could you pray for me? And I just go, hmm. What are they going to say? Pastor, what's wrong with you? Right? Not a word. And then, <laughs> let's see what it says here. The Bible says that Jesus was filled with compassion, but he couldn't break his own rules. Actually, the Father's rules. He had just told his disciples, don't go into uh, the Gentiles or into the Samaritans. And now we got this Gentile person coming to get me. 
asking for healing. What do I do, Jesus? Jesus has to go, what am I going to do? So he has to what? He has to uh, adhere to his own command. So he urged them saying, or they said, send her away for she cries out after us. You ever cry out after God? Oh, this is, it's all in the Bible, crying out to the Lord. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, we need you to move. Lord, if, I don't, if you don't move, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, the God, God likes that kind of prayer. He likes us to be dependent upon him, to, to, to believe in him, to, to touch his compassion and his mercy towards us. Have you cried out to the Lord before? Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, but he, uh, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember I told you guys that? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. This is the second no. First was no answer. Now it's like, I can't do it. I, I'm sent to the lost sheep of Israel. I'm, my hands are tied. That's not my season to do this. Then she came and did what? Worshipped him. If at first you don't succeed, what? Worship. <laughs> Not try, try again. Worship the Lord. <laughs> you got to break through. Amen. You got to get into the spirit. You, you got to go from the natural. Okay, you're saying no, you're saying no, but I know you, Lord, and I know your compassion. I know your love for me. I'm going to press into you and press into your goodness. So she worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. Now, now, these, that's an interesting prayer, isn't it? Help. <laughs> it's an easy one. Help, help. If you see somebody drowning in the ocean, they're yelling, help, you don't go like, well, you know, I'm not really the lifeguard here. <laughs> really out of my scope, you know. No, you help them, right? But she said, uh, uh, Lord, help me. But he answered, okay, the third no. It says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. He called her a dog. I mean, not, not only didn't answer her, not only send her away, now he insults her and calls her a dog. And if I was a lady going to this church, I'd say, you know what? I'm going somewhere else, okay? This is not working at all. If this is the way you want to be, uh, I, I got it, okay? Enough's enough. But she said, hmm, but Lord, don't even the little dogs eat the crumbs off the table? The house of Israel, they're not eating the whole children's bread. They're letting a lot of crumbs fall. Just a little crumb will heal me. Just a touch from you will cause me to have healing and have my daughter who is grievously vexed healed. Praise God. And so uh, she had compassion for her. She had compassion for her own daughter. She had determination in her own self, and she had the faith in the love and compassion and the goodness of the Lord. So guess what he did? He broke his own rule. Do you know that God will change rules? Even when you go to the city, there's some things that you have to have happen, and they have to break their own rules to make it happen. I've seen it happen so many times. It's amazing. Why are they doing that? I don't know. I guess they like us. <laughs> the Lord was putting it upon her. So then Jesus answered in verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you have desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Amen? She changed the season. 
she changed the time that Jesus was supposed to uh, go to the Gentiles. This is amazing to me. He can change things in your life that you couldn't do before. And let me, let me tell you, you know, the woman that uh, when they changed the water into wine, how did he do that? He changed the molecules in the water to turn it into wine. Do you know he can take the molecules in your body and turn it to get to be the right way, the right levels, the right, you know, consistency, everything that's needed. He created you. He can fix you. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So how do we get this faith to believe in him? How do we, where do we get it? Where do we get it? Do you, do you buy it at the store? <laughs> you know? Do you, do you send away for it online? You know? Do you call the pastor? Pastor, could you send some faith down the line here? No, the Bible says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So it's not even your faith. It's the, the word of God that produces faith in your heart to believe that he will do it for you. So let's see how we do this. And, and one person, and I, I study people that, that attain to seeing God's uh, anointing and his healing power work, and they spend days, hours, months petitioning the Lord, uh, laying before him, receiving from him what he's already provided for us. I was reading about Oral Roberts, and he had a church of about 117 people, and the Lord told him, I want to use you for healing. So he says, okay, I'm going to just stand before you and just wait, and he did it for months, just calling on the Lord, and then finally the Lord said, okay, I'm ready to release you. And he went, and he said, okay, I'm going to have, I'm going to open up a, a convention, I'm going to get people, but I, I, I need three, three little uh, requests. One, I need a thousand people there. Well, he had 117, so a thousand seems almost impossible. He said, I need the rent paid for $160. And I need a notable miracle. I need something really, you know, where people can say, yeah, that, you got it. So the day of the convention, I guess how many people were there? 1,200 people. The rent was paid at $163. And a lady who had a crippled hand like that, you know, she got healed and she was able. And so he started his whole, pro, his whole ministry because he advanced what God wanted him to do. God can do that in you. You might need a husband. You might need a wife. You might need a house. You might need a job. You might need a lot of things. You might need healing in your body. Whatever it is, you petition and you get into the spirit realm and watch God work. Amen? Hallelujah. And, and then one minister said all he did was he looked at the Bible and saw how Jesus, you know, did healing. And it was so easy for Jesus, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> he made the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. He healed the cripple. He, the withered hand he healed. The paralyzed man, the demon-possessed man in the caves. And yet he was so loving and kind to the woman at the well, the tax collector in the tree, and the woman caught in adultery. He could do powerful things, but also he could be soft. I want him to be soft to me and work power in what I need. Amen. Paul said, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. Jesus was a powerful person. He knew how to make things happen, praise the Lord. He said, I want to know you. Paul said, I want to know you. Not, not know about you, not talk about you, not sing about you. I want to know you. Praise the Lord. We want to know him. So let's look how, let's see how the Apostle Paul did it. Are you ready? Is your appetite wet? Okay, good. Oh, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to stop for a minute and just kind of gather my thoughts because um, this is the important part because we, we establish one part is that Jesus wants to move in your behalf even before it's time, even when it doesn't look like things are going to happen for you. He, he can make it happen. But there's a, there's a pre- prerequisite. There's a, a contingency. There's a condition. He wants us to come to him in spirit and in truth. So let's look at how the Apostle Paul did it. Remember now, the Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He had revelation about Jesus that we learn and, and live by today that the disciples didn't know. In fact, Peter said, man, the Apostle Paul, he writes stuff, man, it's hard to understand. I don't understand this in him, and, and, and in him is our glory and all this. He said, this, that he, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I, I didn't know all about that stuff. So he, he had... Now, Paul was a learned man in the Old Testament. He knew the Scriptures, and he says, concerning the law, he was blameless. Can you say that? No. Blameless. Let me go to your house and just kind of write down how things are going at your house, okay? You got a little excited there. Uh, Can you calm down? A little too much anger there, you know? Did I hear a cuss word out of there? Was there a cussing? Oh, let me hold it. Okay. Uh, so out of the law, he was blameless. But then in Philippians 3.8, it says, Yet indeed, I also count all these things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain or win Christ. Wait a minute, didn't we accept the Lord in our hearts? What, what do we need to gain or win? We need knowledge, we need a relationship. We need to be in his presence, right? We need his favor. We, we need a relationship with him. We need to be workers together with him. So I want to gain. I want to be like Christ. I want to be, I let Christ work through me and in me. Praise the Lord. So that means passing from the natural to the spirit. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That means when you're at home and no one's around, you can lift your hands, you can praise the Lord, you can dance before him, you can give him your whole heart, unconditional, unrestrained, just completely, Lord, I just love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. I praise you, sweet Jesus. You're so good. You're so good to me. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness. He loves that. He loves to come in. The Bible says that uh, he inhabits, he comes in and dwells with the praises of his people. Because you know what? It's almost like being in heaven. He's going like, I, I like that. This is, that's the way it is in heaven. I'm going to come down here and visit you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so you can put away all your toys, all your distractions, and stay before him with your Bible and your songs to him, and he will come. Yeah, he will. You might say, well, you know, I do that, but it doesn't seem like he comes. He'll he'll come. You make an appointment. You say, Lord, I'll meet you here at 7 o'clock every morning, and he'll show up, okay? Maybe not as strong the first day, stronger the second day, but he, if you make an appointment and you keep your appointment, he likes consistency, he likes diligence, he will show up. Amen? Amen? Sometimes they even wake you up, tell you, come on, I need to talk to you. We need to have fellowship together. 
No, I'm kind of tired right now. No, 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 come on. I need to, I want to fellowship. How much, how, how special is that, that a living God wants to spend time with us? Amen. <laughs> are we that special? To him we are, aren't we? He loves us that much that he wants to spend time with us, that he'll wake us up. <laughs> you ever try to wake up some, somebody in your house? Like, I was hearing the kids are hard to wake up in the morning. It's like, are you dead? What's the matter? Come on, wake up, you know. <laughs> My son, when he was growing up, he, he, it didn't matter what you did to him, he wouldn't wake up. The alarm didn't wake him up, shake him, it didn't wake him up, yell at him, it didn't wake him up. But once he got up, oh, well, now we got problems. <laughs> now he wants to do some things. Okay, so Philippians 3.9, I'm trying to get you to the point, see, because this year, to go to the next season, we have to do something in our own selves to position ourselves to receive what he wants for us so that we can move ahead. We can graduate and go to the next level. Amen. Praise, amen, hallelujah. You know, you got to graduate. You know, in, in school nowadays, they just push people through, right? Now you got a D minus, but hey, that's good enough. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. It looks like you should have got that answer right, so we'll just mark it and get you on and move it on. But, okay, so Philippians 3.9, it says... Paul saying, I want to be found in him. What does that mean, be found in him? I thought we already accepted Jesus. He says, I, I want to be in a position and a place where when Jesus comes, I'm, I'm found in him. He, he can find me. Praise the Lord. He doesn't have to go down to the bar. He doesn't have to go down to some other crazy place. He's found in him. Studying, reading, praying in the Spirit, be found in Him, in His presence, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. I did that already, and it didn't get me anywhere. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him, verse 10 says, that I may know Him. Do you know Him? Do you really know Him? Can He talk to you? Does He guide you? Does He direct you? Does He correct you? You know, some people don't like to be corrected. Did you know that? Oh, my Lord. They can't, you, you try to tell them something, they go, well, you know, the reason was because this and that, and you don't really know what you're talking about, and I don't really believe that about myself. Well, okay, go on. Keep going in your bad self. <laughs> that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And I was reading about that, that there was power. Things happened when Jesus came from the dead. And he, he'll resurrect your life. He'll resurrect your spirit. He'll resurrect your hope, your life. Whatever you need, he'll, he has the power to do it. I, I was listening to Angie Richie. She said, she said we, need to, uh, we were prepared and we were made to be joyful. <laughs> the joy of the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. We're supposed to have that. Right? We're not supposed to be, oh, you know, I don't know what we're going to have, what's going to happen here. No. You just be calm, relax, and God will work it in, in your behalf. So there was power when Jesus was resurrected. And we need to have that same spirit resurrect ourselves to be in the likeness of Christ. Don't you want to be like Christ? There's such a good feeling when you do things that Christ would do. When you help somebody, when you love somebody, when you uh, forgive somebody, you go, like, oh, man, I... I, I did something good right there. <laughs> I was being loving, loving. Amen. Now, but, okay, so I'm, uh, this is an uh, encouragement to you 
to spend more time with the Lord, to get into his presence, to see him work in your life, to have him, you know, uh, his, his spirit absorbed into your spirit. And I said last week, you know, ever hear a song sometimes and it just gets in your spirit and you can't get it out? You want to like, ah, I don't want to sing that song anymore. And we were at, uh, my wife was getting some tennis shoes at Skechers and they had this song going on. And I go, oh, I really like that song. And I just kind of listened to it and it, you know, for the whole song. And then for three days later, I'm singing that song. I go, like, what is that? But, you know, when you pray a lot, your spirit gets open. And things that God is telling you get stuck in there. And, and you want to have God things stuck in you. I heard this one preacher. He said that he was on his way to, to preach at a church. And he went by this billboard. And they had a cuss word on the billboard. And he looked at it. Just kept going. So while he was preaching, guess what happened? That cuss word came out. He said, oh, you know, I don't do that. I saw that on a billboard, and it got stuck in my spirit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but we have to get other things stuck in our spirit. I know Richard, when we have prayer here, Richard Salgado, things get stuck in his spirit, things that he's been talking to the Lord about, and when people bring up a situation, he's able to expound on it. Bob Lopez the same way. He has things that are in there that apply to us and can help us in the things that we're doing. And you too can be used of God. You can be a minister, and God likes you to minister on his behalf. He's looking for those that will work on his behalf. Amen? You want to sign up for that? Amen. Okay. Now, so if you're trying to get rid of distractions, I'm almost done here. Um, If you're trying to get rid of distractions and things that are holding you back. Don't get down on yourself. I was talking to one lady. She said, you know, I, I've been trying to, to, to get, you know, free from distractions, and I keep, my mind keeps wandering. How many of you ever, ever had that problem? Your mind wanders. It's amazing how many things can, can churn in your head. <laughs> how, can you, how do you turn it off? <laughs> She said, yeah, I, 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 get distra- I, mean, I get distracted, I'm trying. But here's what Paul said in verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. And verse 13, brethren, sisterin, I do not count myself to apprehend it. In other words, I ain't arrived yet. Here's the guy, he knows Jesus. He, Jesus appeared to him. He got revelation. He says, I haven't really got to where I need to be. Are we there? Are, are, we, are, we, are we better than the Apostle Paul? Got it. You got it, Lord. No. I have not already attained or are already perfect, but I press on. And that word press is like a, a runner that's stretching to the finish line. I'm pressing. I'm moving. I'm trying to get in from the spirit realm, from the natural. I'm pressing in, Lord. I'm coming to you, Lord. Pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, there has to be a chase in us. Did you know that? Let's look at these four action words that Paul was talking about. They're up there. The last last slide. One more. Apprehend. Lay hold reaching forward, and pressing towards. These are action, right? It's not lay back. 
relax, chill, <laughs> wait for the Lord. If it be his will, <laughs> maybe, sometime, someday, never know when, praise the Lord. No, it's an action. Now, look what he says here. Let's go back to verse 13. Anthony, uh, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, one thing. Ready for the one thing? What is it? Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, there's teachings where you have to go and figure out, you know, from your childhood how you were hurt. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody really mistreated you. Paul says what? Forgetting those things. It's okay to understand, okay, this is how it affected my life. I understand how things are not going right, you know, because of that. But you've got to forget those things. Praise the Lord. And, 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 and reach forward to the things which are ahead. You can't stay in the past. Amen? Jesus said, a farmer that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? He says, you know, what you did, and if you ever go back into my life, huh? <laughs> wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> I don't even like to go back and look at it. Forget about those things which are behind and press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, what did Paul do that was so bad? Anybody know? He, he persecuted the Christians. When Stephen was being stoned, he was holding the coat and watching the whole thing. And then he would go to uh, another city, which was like 90 miles away, and gather the Christians and bring them in to be persecuted. He said, I was the chief of sinners. I did things that I shouldn't have done, but I forget about it. <laughs> Got to go. Now, I'm going to end, but I want to have a little testimony here. And she didn't know I was going to do this, Olivia. But Olivia, yeah, <laughs> she already closed her eyes. Oh, no, Lord, please. <laughs> uh, she came a couple of months ago, and she said, Pastor, I really want to be baptized. I really want to, I just feel I need to, to cleanse myself and to see God work in my life. And, and, and at that time, she had a cane. She could barely walk. And she wasn't working. And she needed, to, you're, yeah, she needed to renew herself in the Lord. Now, I've heard about people that got baptized and things happened. But Olivia, do you mind? you want to come and just tell us what happened to you? Now, she doesn't have a cane. She's walking. This is to help people. What happened? What happened to me, I've been wanting to get baptized for a long time. I've been in and out in churches and hold, everything. Hold and um, he stole my heart. <laughs> he stole my heart. <laughs> and you know what? Um, God's been working through me. A lot of things have been happening in my life. From me uh, not being mobile to now... <laughs> I could move, I could walk, I could cut my grass at home now with a weed whacker. Um, I'm able to lift things, and so many things have been happening. Me going back to work, 
working full full time going back to work. I'm working full time at work again. And um, my self-esteem is building up little by little. I lost all that. I was in a really dark area in my life. And um, when I got baptized, everything changed completely. The relationship with my, my children, my family, people I know. You know, um, a lot of blessings have been happening in my life. One thing, it's another. I went to another church a while back, and I needed prayers. There you go. And um, when I walked into the church, I was, I was really struggling in finances. And one of the sisters are, come here, Olivia, come to Sicker. We're one of those, the prayer warriors right now. We, they all prayed. Five women prayed over me. After that, I went up to the prayer altar. Another person prayed over me. Right after that, another person prayed over me. If prayer isn't the answer to every, every, everything, I don't know what to say. Because prayers work. Because um, I'm working, working. I have money that I never would be able to save. And God answered my prayers. You know, like yesterday, I had a good time with my children yesterday. Like the blessings I have with my kids is, is amazing. The relationship with my kids, they trust me. Um, they don't have to look over their shoulder, what's mom doing? They don't have to do that anymore. Through God, anything's possible. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Amen. Close your eyes right now. Let's pray. If you're here today and you need the resurrection power of the Lord, if you need healing in your bodies, I, I want to pray over you and let the Lord touch you, resurrect your spirit into a new place, a new season in your life. So if that's you, just raise your hand if you're looking for a new place, a new season in your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, God. Hallelujah. The Lord can touch you where you're at. The glory of the Lord, you know, when most ministers now say, you don't need to lay hands on people. You just pray. And the glory of the Lord will fill the, the place and cause those things that be not as though they were. So, Father, as these people have raised their hands, as they have petitioned you, Lord, to see you come and do great and mighty works in their behalf, to, to take them to the next season of their life. I thank you that you're here and you're with them, touching them, talking to them, showing them what you have planned for them. Lord, open up the veil so that they may have understanding in all that you want them to do. Thank you, Lord, for making it clear. Speak loudly to them, Lord. Cause them to wake up and spend time with you and see your goodness and your glory in the land of the living. I thank you for it, Lord. Here it is. In Jesus' name, receive it from him. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord knows you. He knows 
what you're going through. He knows your person. He created you. He has a destiny for you. Receive that from him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Real soft. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're just letting the Holy Spirit minister to you right now. For he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. I often have this thought, like, if I got to heaven and I would say, Lord, why didn't you do this, or why didn't you do that, or how come this didn't work? He said, you didn't use your faith. You didn't believe me that I could do it. So let's believe him for this next season, this next year of our life. In Jesus' name, amen.